podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN. Very good to have you with us, Gan. Good to be back. ESPN royalty in the house. Field Yates dropping by for some rapid fire questions. We're going to try and tee you up for the season as best we can. Lots of great guests coming your way. I'm sure you've listened to some of the pods over the last few weeks and heard the stylings. And there are plenty more big names coming your way very shortly as well with Field. Because, hey... He is an incredibly busy guy. We had around 20 minutes and change. So producer Ollie and I thought, "Mm, let's fire rapid questions at him, covering lots of different topics to try and get Fields' take on a number of different things. And that's exactly what we did. Plus, we snuck in one of your listener questions right at the end as well. So if you fire one in on our social channels at the NC Show, listen carefully to see if you made the cut, right? Let's hear it then. Rapid fire Field Yates coming your way. Field Yates, it is very good to see you from across the pond. First things first, I was catching up, catching up uh, earlier on a Facebook Live, ESPN Fantasy Focus, of course, available on Facebook Live, uh, live, uh, as well as many other places. Uh, TMR's got a serious tan going on right now. And uh, I feel you need to maybe work on your tan game a little bit more, Field. Well, here's the difference between Matthew and I, is that I can get a tan and keep it even and not have (laughs) ridiculous tan lines. And not have a t-shirt tan line. Tannerize. I have a way. Yep, that's right. So I know how to manage a tan. Matthew mm. just knows how to burn. So mm. unfortunately, that one's on on him. I I <laughs> I, I got to take myself off the hook in this case. Let our listeners know. Does um, Matthew, much like Paulie Walnuts in The Sopranos, sit outside with some kind of foil contraption just to get the tan really, really locked in? That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, I've heard, you know, there might even be some makeup involved to make him look particularly bronze on given days, which desperate times call for desperate measures. So I'm not going to call him out too hard on it. <laughs> it's great to see you. Listen, we uh, were thinking on the show that you guys on, on ESPN Fantasy Focus, you got that Rat Pack Ocean's Eleven vibe going on. I've always felt I could see you and, and TMR and, and Stefania Secret Squirrel pulling off some kind of heist somewhere in Vegas or Rito. So today we thought instead of Ocean's 11, we're going to go with Fields 9, right? All right. 9. So we've got nine questions about the forthcoming season. We're going to fire at you, rapid fire kind of thing. You probably got maybe like a minute and change on each. Uh, We've put eight of them together. And then uh, from a source that is considerably far better informed than we are, of course, on the show, our listeners, um, they fired in the, the last one. So we put that out on our social media channels at the NC show. That's how you follow us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Ollie, are we on TikTok? No, we're not on TikTok yet. We're working on the soon, TikTok. Soon. You should join a TikTok. I love TikTok. We've got to get into TikTok. Definitely in the in that group. So uh, we've got a list of questions. That's our ninth one, right? So we'll do that first date and then we'll save the best till last. All right. So you ready? You set? Yes, I am. Okay, we'll start with an easy one for you. A bread and butter for your Field Yates, as we would say, on this side of the pond. Some Field Yates uh, fantasy sleeper picks. Who Give us some guys that you think could make the difference between winning or losing this season. Yeah, good question here. So I always mention this caveat when I'm discussing fantasy sleepers is that I'm amazed by how much knowledge people who play fantasy football have these days that Mm. there are times where I'll mention a name and people will say, 
uh, I've drafted that player in four leagues already, right? So <laughs> right. I say sleeper, it's often a relative term. One of my favorite mm-hmm. sleepers up until about a week ago was Amari Rogers for the Packers, mm-hmm. third-round wide receiver out of Clemson. Now they've subsequently traded for Randall Cobb, as we all know, which mm-hmm. may take away the value for Amari Rogers. But I still believe Russell Gage for the Atlanta Falcons has a chance to be a useful player. Love that. I know that Michael Gallup is by no means a sleeper in terms of recognized value relative to some of the players that would normally be discussed as sleepers. But I think there's production opportunities there, really good offense, really talented player. I don't think we're talking about him nearly enough. So those are a couple of the wide receivers that come to mind. I think there's a chance that Damian Harris is a running back value for the Patriots. Mm. I'd like to see him get more passing game usage, but he should be an effective player. And then I think there's a chance also that Josh Jacobs winds up being the value. Again, sleeper, no. Value, perhaps, because there's been a lot of sort of negative vibes surrounding Josh Jacobs' fantasy value this offseason after signing Kenyon Drake. But he is a very talented player that when he stays healthy, often produces in a major way. It's a great point you make. You know, it, it is all context is all relative. I guess it's just a, a market improvement or plays that maybe there isn't enough buzz. Uh, look at average draw position and you think they'll outperform that by a considerable margin. I'll throw one in there. I guess a lot of sharps are talking about him, but big on LaVisca Chenault. And he had what, 600 and sure. change, five touchdowns. So not exactly a name that's going to come out of nowhere. Like who? You'll all know him, but mm, I could see him going off. I could see him going off. I'm definitely going to be reaching for him. I like LaVisca a lot. Love it. Good. All right. I like the rubber stamp from field. Love that. Right. Uh, number two on fields nine. Who is winning the NFC West? Who's winning the NFC West? I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. I think they have the most complete roster on both sides of the ball. I think mm. it's going to be exceptionally competitive. It's the most competitive division in the NFL this year. But give me the Rams, who I do think with the addition of Matthew Stafford have a chance to not just win the division, but also be a potential NFC Super Bowl contender. Oof. As we all know, um, it will uh, come down to can you stand toe-to-toe with the Tom Brady led Bucks? Mm, I, I am all in on the Rams. Cannot wait for that one stat that has blown my mind, which is maybe out there uh, for uh, all of you to see. And I've only just joined the dots after all this time. But looking at the golf to Stafford upgrade, and it's an upgrade. I'm a, I'm a golf apologist. I like golf, but look out and out upgrade. No doubt about it. Start to drill down more and realize that Jared Goff likes turning the ball over. Field Yates. He has got too much. Yes. The second most turnovers in the NFL since 2017 behind Jameis Winston. And that is a high bar indeed, right? So that in most other generations would be a clear winner. So they're going to get up uh, protection there, uh, be protecting the ball more. The, the productivity, the deeper arm. McVay, I'm just a little bit worried about the receiver core there. Is that, yeah, McVay's a genius. I get it. Mm, not sure. Compared to others, the deep waters of the playoffs, if, that, if there's enough strength in depth. Uh, but I am I am with you. I'm with you on the Rams. All right, number three. Which rookie quarterback is going to have the best season? And I'm not talking fantasy terms, none of that. I'm talking the yeah. best season. When we look back and think, mm, okay, they were the number one rookie quarterback. Who's it going to be? Yeah, I, I think you have to. I'll be prudent here, and I'll answer Trevor Lawrence for a couple of reasons. Mm. He's one of two they're guaranteed to start the other being Zach Wilson beyond that as promising as we think Trey Lance could be, if he gets the starting job or Justin Fields could be, if he gets the starting job or even Mac Jones for that answer uh, for that matter, if he gets the starting job, Trevor Lawrence 
was the undisputed. Don't think twice about it. Lock it in right away. Number one overall pick. Perhaps the best prospect since Andrew Luck. The offensive line is expensive. It's not great, but I think it's good enough. He's got two good running backs. And as you mentioned, with LaVisca Chenault, they've got a pretty capable group of wide receivers. So Mm -hmm. I think that um, this offense has enough pieces in place. They've got a gaping hole at tight end that I believe in Trevor Lawrence. That division's got a little bit easier as well. So their schedule's got a little bit easier. Well, depending, I guess, on on how the Colts mix up the uh, the quarterback situation. Phil Rivers, comeback team. Uh, that start campaign starts right here. Out of interest, it's a great point you make about Mac Jones and uh, and Trey Lance. Uh, who do you think we'll see first out of those two? I think we'll see Trey Lance first. Mm. And I, the reason why I sound so uncertain is, well, because I don't know the answer to that, right? And this <laughs> reminds me of a conversation I was having with a coach on a team that has a possible quarterback decision to make. If he said, I see you guys on TV talking about what week we're going to start this player versus the other. And yet I'm in the building every day and I don't even know who's going to start, and by what week the rookie will take over. Right. So while you guys have the conversation every day and you, you forecast with percentages and things like that, <laughs> the reality is we have no idea. Mm. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, we know about. Everywhere else, I think it's very much TBD. I think we could have one of those rookies who has a Russell Wilson rise where he takes the job over before the preseason is done. Mm. And then we could see others where – the team says, I don't care if it's a close race. We're going to start with the veteran because it's easier to begin the season with the veteran and remove him than it is to start the season with the rookie, have him struggle, and feel the pressure to turn it to the veteran. Mm. It's a great point. It's a great point. And we can second guess all we like. Just like the Russell Wilson throwback there that season because what the hell happened to Matt Flynn? Do we know where Matt Flynn is? Is is Matt Flynn, is he still on a roster? Is he okay? Yeah, Matt Flynn is not on a roster anymore, but he's extremely wealthy. Um, He (laughs) is. Right, yeah. I mean, mean, we're talking, I think it was $18 million for three years, plus other money he had made. Right. He's very wealthy now. So uh, he, he is, what's the old expression? The person who laughs last, laughs best. (laughs) <laughs> yes indeed him and mike Lennon uh chuckling all the way to the back uh all right question number four more likely to be mvp aaron Rodgers or dak prescott i'll go with aaron Rodgers because i do believe that oftentimes we look towards team success as we will down our mvp candidate if you did a blind resume last season and i understand there's a lot going on with him right now and i'm, I'm separating that from what we're talking about at this moment if you did a blind resume, there was a case that Deshaun Watson had as impressive of a statistical season as anybody last year. Right. And he did yeah. not come close to the MVP conversation because the team went four and 12. I think the Packers are a better team than the Cowboys. Mm. I don't think that's much of a take. That's sort of a more of a statement of, of fact slash belief. So I think that Aaron Rodgers has a better chance of repeating than Dak Prescott has of winning his first ever MVP. Do you think because of all the uh, commotion around Rodgers and the hype and the chat and the rumor mongering that a lot of people are sleeping on the Packers in a strange kind of way? 
It's an interesting question because I think the roster is better than people um, feel like it actually is. And I think that when, when Aaron Rodgers was going through whatever you want to call it this past offseason, frustration, discontent, et cetera, everybody knew um, that, that ultimately it was easier to take the side of the player than it was the team. Mm. I will say this. I know there are things that Aaron's upset about. He's voiced his frustrations, and he made it very clear during that press conference uh, a little over a week ago. However, it is also worth noting that there's no better situation for Aaron Rodgers to be in than in Green Bay, where they have a loaded roster that is very much ready to compete again this year for not just an NFC championship, but a Super Bowl. Yeah. Did you ever think there was a realistic chance field he was going to leave this offseason? Absolutely. He mm-hmm. talked about it several times himself. I have zero doubt in my mind there was a realistic chance he could have left. I truly believe that. I mean, he talked about retirement, talked about playing somewhere else. Randall Cobb confirmed it. You name it. It's been confirmed. So it ended up okay for the Packers. But anybody who wanted to downplay this, I think is just ignoring the realities. Mm. And is it last chance saloon then, as far as the Packers are concerned, you think he's one and done? I think, based off of the contract, that this is more likely than not his last season in Green Bay. Mm. Uh, obviously, as we know, the 2023 year in his contract has already been voided. So he's not, if he wants to leave, he can be gone after the 2022 season. But if you look closer at it, Salary cap number is going to be up over $46 million. And if things were this tricky and bad for Aaron Rodgers this past offseason, it's clear that it's not about talent acquisition, right? Mm. As we just talked about, they have an outstanding roster. This is about principle and about the way that he was treated and the way that other people were treated, were treated in Green Bay. I don't know that one season is enough to change some of the things that clearly have bothered Aaron Rodgers in the past. I have sympathy for him. And I get your point that the offense is incredibly productive. He's got a very good shot. You look at the collective roster of another Super Bowl run or, you know, a deep playoff run uh, at the very least. I have sympathy with any quarterback, particularly of that caliber that's done so much for that organization having his successor drafted in round one. I get the, I get the mathematics. I get the business side of it. But I would be, I would be upset if that was going down. I don't care whichever way you cut it. And so I get the mood, Aaron Rodgers. I get the mood, but I think it could be a formidable season for him. Uh, all right. Uh, number five, it will Nick Chubb. Go Nick Chubb. He is laughing all the way to the bank as well. Uh, will Nick Chubb have the most rushing yards this season? And if you won't, Field Yates, who will? I'm going to go with Derrick Henry again. And that's a lame answer. It's a boring answer. And I'm sure the odds are probably closest to even for Derrick Henry if you were to look at all the props um, on that respective category. We love doing that. Yes, we do. Derrick Henry also has the clearest path to 350 or so carries. I think it's probably pretty clear that he's, one of, if not the most talented running backs in the NFL, especially as a runner. So the old, if it ain't broke, don't fix it line of thinking applies here. So I believe it'll be Derek Henry. 
I know Saquon's status in terms of fitness is at the time of recording this, not wholly clear. Do you think he, assuming he's fit to go, ready to go week one, and I get the if, Saquon or Zeke, more productive season? It's really tough. I have, for fantasy, I have Zeke ranked ahead of Saquon because mm-hmm. of the fact that Saquon's sad to begin the year is uncertain at the moment. We know the volume for Zeke will be incredible. The question will be for Saquon whether the volume is as incredible as it has been in the past. If it is, then there's a chance that he is the number one running back in fantasy football this year. Mm. If it's not, then it's possible that he regresses and moves clearly behind the likes of Zeke and also Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. Uh, that's a, that is a free fall. All right. Number six, staying with the Giants, kind of. Better record this season, the New York Giants or the New York Jets? I think it's the Giants pretty clearly. I mean, I know the division is probably a little bit more balanced in the NFC East, but I think it's clear that uh, the Giants have a more formidable roster, uh, a just a better identity right now. The Jets will get there. They'll develop it soon enough. But yeah, to me, it's pretty clear that the Giants should be better than the Jets. They've got in, in, all in, I guess, on on Danny Dimes in terms of the weapons that they've given him. So it's make or break for him this season. But I guess there are, there are questions on the offensive line, defensively as well. The Jets seem to have a lot of buzz about them. What are you hearing from, from Jets camp? I mean, playoffs are unrealistic. But what yeah. do you think is a realistic return for the Jets this season? I think if the Jets can win six games this year, it's a successful start to this mm-hmm. new regime. That would put them at 6-11. and 11. And beyond wins and losses, Matt, I think it's really more important that this team finds out whether quarterback Zach Wilson is a real deal. And if Zach Wilson's a real deal, then everything changes for them. Mm. If Zach Wilson doesn't immediately turn into the real deal, then Jets fans through muscle memory more than anything else are going to be a little bit spooked. angsty. They're going to, yeah, yeah they're going to be angsty and spooked. They're going to say, here we go again. He's exactly right. So my thought is that um, I would say it's, it's definitely a time of excitement. And I believe that Zach Wilson is going to be a really good player, but there's a little bit of pressure on them as well to make sure that he is the real deal. So they had, Obviously, several other options that pick number two, including mm. Trey Lance and Justin Fields and also Mac Jones. Yeah, a lot of options in this draft, but also, you know, they could have stuck with Donald. I mean, this I'm interested in your take on this when you think about the hype and buzz that a first round or a high first round pick gets coming into an organization. Yeah, okay, he's had an indi- he had an indifferent time with the Jets. Injury had or illness, to be more precise, had some bearing on that. The fact that they were a uh, uh, a lackluster side at the best of times, probably an even more significant component there. Do you think that teams give up on players too quickly and quarterbacks in particular? No, because the people that give up too quickly are owners because they fire coaches so fast and GMs so fast. As a, a trickle down effect, is that you don't have the time. I mean, we're talking about the Giants a moment ago. Think mm. about the ascension for Eli Manning. He did not start right away. He took over as a rookie for Kurt Warner. Yep. But go back and check how Eli performed early in his career. 
relative to how some of these quarterbacks are performing right now with Justin Herbert, et cetera, right? None of them back in the day were ever being threatened with losing their job uh, a week, a season, mm. a season and a half into it. Yeah. Now that's the reality. It just happens far too frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Rosen, I'm waving at you. Uh, all right. Uh, which coach, we love this one. We love happy questions on this show, as you know. Which coaches are under pressure the most then? There's a few. I think Matt Nagy in Chicago is under some pressure. If Justin Fields isn't good, it's going to be a problem. Zach Taylor in Cincinnati is under some pressure. Mm. I think that's going to be a problem if things aren't really good right there, right away. Um, I would think that Mike McCarthy is going to be under some pressure in Dallas. I would think that if you keep looking around the NFL, Mike Zimmer is under some pressure in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some names that come to mind for me that I think need to win and probably do so in a hurry. Vic Fangio in Denver will be one as well. Yeah. Um, you know, John Gruden in Oakland, probably in Las Vegas, excuse me, probably not because of how much money he's owed, but a name to keep in mind. And Cliff Kingsbury and also in Arizona. And I'm glad you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury. Um, incidentally, John Gruden's got a 25-year contract, right? So he's not, he's not <laughs> That's right. Cliff Kingsbury barely mentioned because Field Yates Towers, I always picture it that you've got a Kingsbury-esque condo rolling in Bristol. I, I wish. I know wish. you do. I know you do. Um, no, so put that, put that Kingsbury-esque condo on the line for question eight. Uh, the winner of Super Bowl 56, the Bucks, the Chiefs, or neither? My preseason pick will be the Chiefs again this year. Mm. So if I had to choose one, it will be Kansas City. But you know something, that I, I get why some of these questions are the fun ones, like which coach is going to get fired and win the Super Bowl. But like I, I live a little bit more day-to-day than that. So I'll give the Chiefs. But honestly, if you wanted to convince me about somebody else, I'm not going to fight you strongly on it. I think the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl, but – this is why we play the game. She, the, the Bucks are fascinating because they've re-upped all 22 starters, right? Which rarely happens. I mean, that's... Never extreme. happened during the salary cap era before. Right? Yeah, right. very uncommon. Yep. Sneaky contenders. You mentioned the Packers are going to be in the mix then. So if you could have your head turn with two or three other teams that are going to be there or thereabouts. Right now, as of today, middle of August, lot of water to go under the bridge. But who are you liking to have a deep playoff run? In the NFC specifically, AFC specifically, or what? Uh, yeah, both. Both. In the NFC, I view it as sort of like four or five teams. I believe that the Bucks and the Packers and the Rams are very much in the mix. Mm. I believe the 49ers and the Seahawks can get in the mix. Those are the two sort of next teams up. In the AFC, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, very much strike me as the cream of the crop right now in that conference with the chance for maybe Cleveland, maybe New England to knock on their door, so to speak, and make things a little bit more compelling. And the Titans are throwing the mix as well, maybe, as, uh, as another, playoff, another playoff run for them? Uh, Titans, yes, as well. They have some major defensive concerns. The mm. Titans should not be overlooked. It's a good call by there, by you. All right, last one, and we'll let you get out of Dodge because we know you are one of the busiest men in showbiz field yet. So yeah, you know, I wish. You've got, I take wish. Care of, you've got to take care of business. Now, this is, as I say, we left uh, the most important and the best for last. So congratulations, Tyler, Arthur, uh, loyal listener out there. Shout out to everybody who fired questions in. But this was our favorite. This was the winner and far more sophisticated than any of the questions we've put to field thus far. Tyler, when you're analyzing players for fantasy football field, what is the balance between the on-paper and on-film analysis? I think it's important, says Tyler, to incorporate both. 
But I'm interested to know how you balance the two. And he also says, I appreciate you both, Nat and Field. So we appreciate you too. Thank so, you. Yeah. yeah, well, it's nice, nice of Tyler to say. It's a, you know, I think my answer is what he said. It's a balance because there are numbers that can be extremely misleading. We always talk about it. I think this really shows itself most frequently with quarterbacks. Being a good fantasy quarterback and being a good real NFL quarterback, far from the same. A few years ago, it used to be that uh, Blake Bortles would always be this junk time fantasy superstar. Mm-hmm. But the Jaguars were always terrible because he's thrown for 250 yards in the second half of a game when they're down by 20 points. Right. So I think it's especially important when you're looking at running backs or wide receivers because with quarterbacks, they're going to have the ball in their hands every play. So there's a lot of opportunities almost no matter what. At running back and wide receiver, you may see a player who the box score tells you one thing and the game film tells you a different thing. So mm-hmm. a running back who busts off one long run, but otherwise it's kind of a three yards and a cloud of dust type runner. Mm. It's always a balance. And it's not just film and stats. It's opponents. It's injury updates. It's weather updates. It's playing surface updates. So I always tell people that my job in fantasy football is not that I have information that you don't have. It's that I am responsible for keeping track of all the pertinent information that might impact a player's fantasy value and compartmentalizing that and regurgitating it so that you, the fan, know what matters most. And you know what? You do it incredibly well uh, each and every season. And we massively appreciate that. Field, uh, appreciate your time. Uh, one more for the road. you got to get over to the UK soon and hopefully we'll get you over yes. soon. Because not least, we know you love your craft beer. So we've got to get you out and out and about some pubs just tasting some good oh British God, craft beer. Love it. I love it. We're watching some we watching Ted Lasso recently too. So you know it's been <laughs> right. making me wish I could come out there and be a, a Premier League soccer coach, which there I won't be. But it'd be great if Ted Lasso can do it. Any of us can do it, right? Hold That's on the point to the, of the dream. show. Hold on yeah. to the dream. Send our best to TMR and the crew. It's great to see you, man. Look after yourself. Right back to you. Lovely stuff from Field. Always good fun to catch up with him. Reminds me, we've got to reach out and get TMR on the show pretty soon as well. TMR back on the show is something we've got to work out. So I will send some emails, get things in motion. Hope you enjoyed the stylings of Field Yates. I'm sure you did. Plenty more where that came from. I and Mike Carlson come in your way next week. How about that? The big guests keep on dropping at the NC show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, where you'll see video from the shows, lots of other content getting rolled out there as well. Interactive stuff too, questions, polls, so get involved. Great community over on our social channels. Appreciate all of you for getting in touch with the show that way or in touch with us on social media. Many thanks for that. I am Mike next week. We'll see you then. Bye for now, gang. Follow Baseball Nuts. Join us on the Johnny and Josh show with my baseball brothers where JC will endeavor to offer some insightful analysis and my friend Eric Jansen will offer quirky baseball trivia. But we also have David Langell who will combine a high level of inappropriateness with a low level of analysis. The Johnny and Josh show available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. Podcast Network.